Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase. BlueNile.com code Listen. Please be advised that Gen X, this is why, contains adult language. I almost did my index card on when did they start putting lettuce on sandwiches? <laughs> I would have murdered you. I would have shut the whole operation down. Hi, and welcome to Gen X. This is why the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer, born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Morning, Jen. Good morning, Jen. I come to you today with a high level of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> why is that different than any other week? I'm watching for one of my writing classes. I'm doing. A bunch of Netflix documentaries, and then we're writing okay. about them. Mm-hmm. I'm watching The Social Dilemma. Ugh. I definitely saw it? that. Yeah, that's the it's one about like, Facebook, right? How they created Facebook. Facebook, Twitter. It's like former Google. Yes, Twitter, I saw. It. Yes, Pinterest. I saw. Former it. Yep. like uh, tech guys, disgruntled employees, talking about yeah. And there's a segment in there about the Gen Zers and how. So I may have mentioned this before, but in The Handmaid's Tale, there's a classic line that Aunt Lydia says that I love so much, and my students write a lot about. And it's, um, "You are a transitional generation." So, in other words, the generation that comes after the current handmaids will know no different. So it's right. only going to be bad for the transitional generation. Right. Yep. And so in this documentary, they talk about Gen Z being the first, and we've talked about this, the first digital natives, really. The, well, I mean, the millennials were kind of digital natives, though. Yeah, but Gen Z went was on social media as small. They're the first social media generation, yeah, as young as middle school, which that's definitely well, the case. My I would agree with. Grade. I would agree with Gen Z for social media, but for technology, digital natives were millennials. Okay. Well, they, they the didn't use the term technology. digital natives. I used that. Mm-hmm. So you're right. That applies more to the millennials. But they're yeah. the first generation on technology. to be on social media in middle school. Yep. Living on social media. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it, it just gives me great anxiety because I'm thinking like, holy crap, my kids are on their phones all the time. But not only that, so am I. But that's not the thing they're pointing out. It's not just about being on your phone. It's about being displayed on on social media. Well, from the time of a very young age. One of the things they talk about is, if you're not paying to use the product, you are the product. 
Oh yeah, there's no question. And I was like, mm. I mean, everyone knows. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, there's a lot I could say about this, but I probably won't. Right. <laughs> but like, it, it's it's one of these things where we're in its infancy. Like, we don't understand the repercussions of all this yet. Yeah. We just don't. Like, we don't have enough long term. Like, we don't have 50 years of data of, like, how does social media affect people or change things. Well, they're talking... We just don't have it. They're talking about, like, numbers of teen suicide, self-harm, all of that shit is skyrocketing, which is really scary. I mean, but then you're like, is there also also correlation between the world? Right, right, right. (laughs) Right, Right. like, you gotta look at all of it, but, I like, I don't... And I get into this argument with some friends of mine all the time, like... I understand that social media can be bad. There's no question. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good it does. There's a lot of bad it does, like anything else, like any other invention, right? There's bad, there's good. We don't understand the full effects of the bad. But you're not putting that genie back in the bottle. No. You know what I mean? Like, you can have the argument that it shouldn't exist too late. doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's not going back in. So, like, I think that's a pointless argument of should it have been invented. You know well, what I mean? A- like, another interesting thing is... In this class, so these kids that I'm teaching are 18, and they are the generation, the first generation, like the chickens have come home to roost from the parenting influencers. So we had this interesting conversation about how their parents used to put a ton of pictures of them on Instagram, Mm -hmm. on Facebook when they were small. And Mm -hmm. now like, it's just, and I hit this wall and I talked to you about this a couple years ago where I was like, oh, I can't put pictures of my kids on social media again. Like, I f- it, it felt, it became weird to me. And I felt like I needed to have, like, they had no agency over that decision. Right, yeah. And a lot of the kids in my class voiced that. They were like, yeah. I can't believe what my mother put on social media about me. You know what I mean? Like, it was mm-hmm. really, ugh. I'm just having all the feels about this, I'm telling you. I mean, it's it's... There's a whole lot we have to figure out about it. But, like, psychologically, we still don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's funny, though, because I was just talking the other day about how I feel like 2022 is the first year we're starting to see the fallout from the psychology of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, this year actually feels oddly worse in some ways, but I think because we're seeing the the psychological fallout from all of this. Wait, is it because the groundhog died? (laughs) Because what? Like, what does it say when the groundhog dies? I know. <laughs> we didn't account for that. It's, that's not the real groundhog. I know, though. I know, I know. It's, what does it say when the fake groundhog dies? <laughs> I was just like, holy shit. Guys, we're from Pennsylvania. We've grown up with this groundhog nonsense. But you know, that's not the real groundhog. I know Puxatani it's Phil is the real groundhog. I know, but the headlines from Pennsylvania. were like... The headlines were like the groundhog died. It's like, oh Jesus Christ! Of course, what does, what does that, that mean? mean? <laughs> they have to like look through the rule book to see what that means. All right, Jenny. So, uh, so that's my anxiety for the day. Yeah, social dilemma is. I mean, it's. I thought it was a good documentary. I mean, there's a lot of there's some there's some people that I feel like, and you could tell who's who. Mm-hmm. That are just disgruntled and pissed and, like, whatever. But there's some people who have some really good points and, like, are things that we have to deal with. Yes. Yep. So, uh, let's go back 140 years. <laughs> Not let's. To Which, which has problem. a whole bunch of other problems, <laughs> to be clear. It's not like that was the good yes. old days. But we yes. weren't involved in it. So, we could, we can take a nice distance from it. Yes. All right. So, Jenny, we have some announcements. Oh. Okay. Okay. 
So our first announcement is that we're having a spring giveaway. So Jenny, as you guys know, designed a Tumblr for our shop, our merch store. Because we had to get in on Tumblr culture. (laughs) And it's a 20-ounce insulated trust-no-one Tumblr. Nobody can see you, Jenny. She's doing Vanna White with it. Nobody can see you. (laughs) I have one of my own. This isn't the one I'm going to give you. I bought one for myself as well. Okay, of course. It's actually quite nice. I was surprised. Jenny's going to drink out of it for like three months and then give it to you guys. So That would be fucked up. Complete with her DNA. (laughs) So we're doing a spring giveaway. We're giving away this Tumblr. It's really nice, guys. And what we're going to do is we're just going to give it to one of our Mimi Bees. So all you have to do to win is be a member of our private Facebook group, the Mimi Bees, on the day of March 20th. So if you're in there already, all you got to do is stay there and exist. If you're not in there, get in there. And if you're a, a member on March 20th, Jenny will do some super dorky randomizer to be super fair. And she'll draw a name for the winner. Jenny, now, mom and dad are not in the Mimi Bees. I kicked them out. So they can't. I win. know. But what What are you going to do, like, if a good friend of yours wins? If Jen, my only good friend in the Mimi. Oh, no, no, no. There's a couple of friends. They're mm-hmm. not active, but mm-hmm. they're in there. If one of them wins, I will personally buy them a Tumblr and send it to them <laughs> and then pick somebody else. Okay. All right. So that's how transparent we're being, guys. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jenny. Also, I have some more patrons to shout out today. So these are new patrons at the $8, what is that, hero mode. Oh, my God. Hero mode level. Uh, They are Amy, another Amy, Van, Natalie, Aretha, and Heidi. So welcome, everybody. And... uh, over on Patreon, you're going to get some bonus content. We're doing Golden Girls dropping next. No, this is we're working ahead in time. Golden Girls started in February, and so did Night of the Comet. So, in March, you're going to get another Golden Girls, and you're going to get Grease. Right? We're doing Grease. Yep. So, so uh, again, all you have to do to win this awesome tumbler is just be in the Mimi Bees. Just exist if, and be in the Mimi If you're Mimi not Bees. in there yet, go to Facebook, look up Facebook slash Gen X This Is Why. Right at the top is our, our group pinned up there, the Mimi Bees. Okay. Jen, you ready? I guess. You ready for some Manly, who is Mickey oh, Mouse? God. I seriously <laughs> listened to that <laughs> other episode <laughs> the other day, and it was like, like I had to take my headphones off. Because it was, like, traumatizing me. Guys, I'm going to try to keep it to a minimum. We've been on some real Almanzo heavy episodes here. Yeah. I promise I will try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> I just didn't realize how much I hate him. I hate him so much. I hate him. Again, God, he's awful. Again, I feel the need to say we do not hate Dean Butler. No, Dean, Dean Butler, Butler's we fine. like you. You're just fine. Uh, this dorky ass character that they wrote. I'm not. He's even always gonna, like, rrr, rrr, right? I'm not rrr, even going to say I hate real Almanzo Wilder, who was smoking hot. If you see the smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jen. So this is season seven, episode two, Laura Ingalls Wilder, part two. Do you have a description? It's written by, directed by our friend Michael Landon. The description reads: Almanzo dreams of building a home. Almanzo's dreams of building a home do not go as planned, forcing him to postpone the wedding until he can get back on his feet. Laura suggests an idea for them to earn some money, but it ultimately drives a wedge into their relationship. 
I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. Just my sigh of disapproval. Okay. So we open on Manly on his super dry land, like Dust Bowl style. (laughs) And then we move into a super grim dinner at the Ingalls where they're talking about how the land is gone. And Pa tells Manly, at your age, you have plenty of time to recoup this. You know, it's like when your 401k goes down and you're like 28. It's like, you got time. You know, in the world. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. do 28-year-olds get 401ks anymore? I don't know. Probably not. I certainly did not have a 401k yeah. when I was you're, 28. You're probably, no, you're probably not getting that. It's like when our parents got pensions. Pensions? They mm-hmm. have pensions? What's a fucking mm-hmm. pension? I know. I know. Manly says... We're going to need to postpone the wedding. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, we're going to have to cancel it. Jenny, this enraged me because suddenly he's like, well, I lost the farm and I have to put a roof over your head. So I'm going to wait a year or two. And I wrote, oh, I see. So now a year or two is no big fucking deal. Why don't you turn around and apologize to Charles Ingalls, you dick? In a bitter, in a turn of bitter irony, he wants to wait two years to get married. Oh my God! If I was Laura, I would have stood up, I would have pushed my chair back real dramatically, and would be like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" I would have flipped the table. But he, <laughs> Manly has already failed. They're not even married yet. Yeah, he's already failed. So he gets up to leave, of course, shocker, and Laura heads after him. She just doesn't understand Jim why the wedding has to be canceled. Go ahead. Well, how is he paying for his current place? Like, what is the deal with that place in Eliza Jane? Like, does she pay for it? How much money is she raking in as a teacher? Well, I feel like maybe that is a family. Well, we know it's not a family home. But maybe they have family money. Like, a little bit of family money. I mean, let's face it. If you and I combined, we could get a baller place to live in. I mean, if I had been a teacher for the last, if I had been a public school teacher for the <laughs> wait, last wait, wait. couple I'm a teacher. Decade. I'm a teacher. So you're going to need to get a job at like a feed and seed. <laughs> and then we'll see how much we Wait a minute. Timmy and I are two working adults and we can't afford yeah. a baller place to live. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so she doesn't understand why the wedding has to be canceled. And Almanzo's like, I don't want us living with my sister, the spinster. Have you seen her? And I don't so is want... he thinking that he has to support her household and come up with another household? Is that the deal? I have no idea. There's this idea of you have to take care of uh, little weak women in your family, of course. And so he's like, I don't want us living in your family's breakdown shoddy. Like we have to save or shoddy. We have to save that in case somebody right. has a breakdown. So he says, I want us to have a home. Okay. Now okay. Eliza Jane and public enemy number one, Harv Miller, <laughs> are hanging out when Mobile Monzo pulls up. So Eliza Jane and Harv are like hanging out at her house. It looks like they're on a date or something. I don't know what's going on. El Monzo pulls up. And you know he's oh, just going to be a big wet blanket about everything. Yes. Harv says he has something to tell Eliza Jane. Something real special and real important. And he invites her to dinner at Nellie's tomorrow night. And he goes to leave and he tells Eliza Jane, you changed my life. You know that? Ah, This was so misleading. And he kisses her on the cheek. (laughs) My note. This was so misleading. My note is, oh my God, is she going to have a super horny diary session? (laughs) Oh my God. So Manly mopes in 
And he's like, it's over for good. My crop is gone. <laughs> I don't know why I'm using he's that He's like voice. crying. He's like crying. It's so funny, though, because Elijah Jane's like, I want to feel bad for Almanzo, but I can't. No. She heads over to that desk, and she whips out that diary, and she's all horned up, writing about how much she loves Harv. Again, public oh enemy number one. Not James Cromwell, the actor, who's amazing, but this stupid character. Yeah. All right, at the Ingalls, we see Carrie. Jen, do you have thoughts on this? I didn't even notice Carrie. Wow, can I not see her now? <laughs> That's because she looks like a different person. Like, she had that growth spurt. I just have that Carolyn is like, pick up manly slack, Laura. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. That's her. That's her message to her. Go get that teaching job. Pick up his fucking slack. Yeah. Yep. So I didn't notice Carrie. Carrie just blended into the background. Carrie. So there's like two points in a kid's life when they have major growth spurts, and the one obviously is when they go from toddler to like child, and then from okay. child to like teenager. Like you know what I mean? Carrie has hit that spurt. She's like a child now. It's gross and it's weird. Okay. Is she gone from toddler to child? Yes. She's got to be like 12 by now. <laughs> That's true. How is she still a toddler? <laughs> she has been four years old okay. for like a decade. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going on her. How do I say this nicely without getting canceled? She gives it. <laughs> let's just say she gives the impression of being a toddler. But you're right. She was but she's got to be an adolescent. So now she's adolescent. Yeah. Okay. All right. So they're heading And to I know school. nothing about kids. And I'm like, he's got to be an adolescent by now. Carrie is perpetually four years old. So Carolyn suggests that Laura find out if the Radner position is still open. And she's like, with the two of you, you could make up that money quicker than ever. Yeah, you'd have to be apart for a while, but it'll get you to the end goal. Right. Faster. Sure. Okay. Carolyn was kind of like, oh, I've had to pick up Charles Slack a couple times. Mm-hmm. She sure did. Now Almanzo shows up to get Eliza Jane because Harv is busy. What's he doing, Jen? I don't know. Is he off leading other women on? Probably. Eliza Jane suggests they wait for Laura. She's like, any luck finding a job, Almanzo? (laughs) And Almanzo (laughs) complains he can't find work. Now what happened to his job at the feed and seed? I don't know. He... He's working there later, so I don't know. Is that not pay the bills? Oh, you know what I mean, though? This was, like, the early, or late 19th century when you needed, like, 16 jobs to, like, make a living. True. Kind of like now. Kind of like now. Laura runs in, and she says to Manly, I got a job. I got a job. I got a teaching job. And she explains to Almanzo, like, I, I wired Radner, and they said the position's open, and it's mine. It's mine. He goes... Now, I'm not going to do the traditional manly voice because it doesn't Thank God, please don't. He just goes, no, I don't want you to take the job. He starts freaking out. He's a giant fucking baby. What a fucking baby. He's like, hey, Beth, women can't work. And he's like. (laughs) (laughs) You did it. He's like, it's not the being a part that bothers me. It's the working. I will make the money that we need. He's like, I don't need your money. Clearly you do, Almanzo. Clearly you fucking do. Eliza Jane tries to intervene. Like, she's all of us in this scene where she's just standing there watching it unfold and can't believe what an asshole Almanzo is. Laura yells at him. She's like, I'm not going to stand around and wait while I could be making money. He says, discussion is over. 
Okay, yeah. Jenny. Now this brought something up in me. It is my ongoing battle with the art teacher. With the art teacher? Yes. Who okay. Would, who would have thought that I would ever have a feud with an art teacher? <laughs> I don't. I had no idea that this was a thing. At Penelope's Elementary School. Oh, I remember There was this. an art teacher. Guys. Penelope did something. I don't know. She came to his classroom when he had already told her he didn't need her to help. Blah, 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 whatever. She goes down to his classroom because she really enjoyed spending time with him. And he, like, he humiliated her. He yelled at her in front of the whole class. He sent her back to class. Then he called her teacher and told her what happened. The teacher hangs up the phone and yells at her again in front of her class that she's in. Why? Penelope comes home sobbing. Now, this kid's in fourth grade. That makes no sense. Sobbing. Okay, so I reach out to the teacher, which Jenny will vouch for me here. I'm not want to do. Like, I don't get involved very often. Mm -mm. I respect teachers. I am one. I respect teachers' rights. You know, I don't want to be that parent. But I reached out to him, and I'm like, look, the punishment doesn't really seem to fit what happened here. And Penelope's at a real delicate age, and she has a real passion for art, and I would like to foster that rather than, you know, shut it down. So can we talk about this? That motherfucker emailed me back and said, there is nothing more to discuss. I've made my decision, and it's final. Oh, my God, no. Nope. Wrong answer, dude. Wow. Like, guys, I'm a teacher. I, I would never... First of all, a lot of my students' parents do not email me because they are 18 and they're adults. But I would never right. shut down a, a parent like that. No. That's oh ridiculous. God, I was furious. I called the principal. I called the superintendent. I was <laughs> a maniac. And then what I did is I wrote him an, an email and mm-hmm. I saved it for three years. And the day she left wow. that school, I sent it. Ooh. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I'll never forget the last part of that email was like, I know that you have two daughters and I hope no teacher, especially no male teacher ever shuts them down the way you did to my girls. Oh my God. Did he, he ever respond to Fucking it? asshole. No, he never responded. Of course not. Cause he's a coward. Mm-mm. It was Amy versus the art teacher for quite a while. <laughs> Like, but nothing ever happens to these bad teachers. And there's so many good teachers doing good work, and like, they get all the shit. And then there's these terrible, terrible teachers who just need to, like, age out of the system. Yeah, and it's well, it's the same thing because they're never they just don't get rid of them. It's the same thing in every profession. But the stakes are higher for teachers. They just are. I agree. I agree. Because like a teacher can fuck up a kid's life. Like, what if Penelope is like, I'm never doing art again. She kind of did. She kind of did. She stopped wanting to be an artist. And that I put that in my email. I was furious. Because we came from a district where, with a very nurturing art teacher. And then came mm-hmm. to this asshole. Okay, anyway. So my point is, Almanzo just shutting it down, like no further discussion, is something that yep. just hits a button in me. <laughs> triggers, triggers you. me. Yes. Well, I All think... Right. I mean, I think a lot of women are triggered by that because it is a common response. Like, yeah. Because that's what a man will do. They try to just shut you down. It's like, no, I don't think so. No. Because they don't know what... They have no real argument. So, like, the only option is to shut it down. Yes. Agree. So, Laura says, you're right. Discussion's over. I'm taking the goddamn job. And she walks yep, good out. Good for her. 
And Eliza Jane says to Manly, go after her. And he's like, no, I'm not going after her. It's real weird. Good so for he Laura. Goes, he goes, he crosses his arms, literally like crosses his arms and goes, I'm going to go wait outside for you. He is. He acts like a giant baby through this entire episode. I hate him. So now at Nellie's, we see Harv and Eliza Jane. And Eliza Jane is like refusing to eat her steak. Like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. Nellie cooked it, uh-huh. but Nellie did okay now. She's been <laughs> know, trained by Percival. She's okay. Mm-hmm. So um, she's refusing to eat. Nellie comes out. Totally different Nellie vibe. Yeah. Cordial. Sweet. I just wrote, how wild. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> okay. So now Harv tells her, okay, here's what I want to say to you. This conversation was way too long and way too boring. He says, have you noticed a change in me since we met... And Eliza Jane says, you're more serious. And he's like, well, I'm not scared to be serious anymore. I acted like a clown to be noticed, but also as a defense mechanism. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, guys. He says, I'm 34 years old and never said I love you to a woman. Do you believe 34. that? 34. I don't believe he's 34. Oh, I didn't look it up. Do we know how old he was? I mean, he Pause. probably, that's... Pause. Okay, we're back. He was 40. Okay, because he definitely looks older than 34. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I never said I love you to a woman. Do you believe that? And he said, I wanted to, but I never did until now. And it's all because of you. You made me realize it's okay to say these things to people. And he's, oh my God, this is so misleading. Guys, Eliza Jane is like literally falling closer to him and like, uh, I can't even. Then this dickbag goes, you know, I really left the city because of Miss Mabel Harkins. And you could see Eliza Jane's face just dropping. I just wrote, this is cruel. This is cruel. No, 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 no. Why didn't he ever mention this woman before, right from the beginning? Like, he should have mentioned this person. He says, I know I told you she was an asshole and I really shit talked her, but I was just scared to tell her how I feel. But now I'm going back to Sleepy Eye to profess my love. And I just want to thank you, Eliza Jane, for being my friend. Your friend zones are hard. Yeah. Wow. Jenny, this was real bad. Michael Landon is taking something out on Eliza Jane. So Eliza Jane plays it way cool. And she makes an excuse and needs to leave. She's like, oh, you know what? Manly's home. And I think I need to uh, go home and take care of him because he's moping around because of laura but she's like i need to go home and take care of manly so she plays it cool like she leaves that restaurant with her dignity intact do we agree she totally does yeah Mm -hmm. she sucks it up she he hold he even holds her hand and says you're quite a woman i'll never forget you such an asshole is he just like doesn't he understand that that's miss yeah he is because we know he yeah, has no, we know he has no experience with women. He has no EQ. Very good. Zero, yes. exactly zero. Yes. So Laura voiceover tells us a few weeks have gone by, and it's she's getting later. she's getting ready to teach in Radnor, and we see Laura at the school, and Manly pulls up to drop off Eliza Jane and won't even look at her. He's like a four year old. So the two women go inside, and Eliza Jane asks Laura. How long are you guys going to keep this up? And Laura says, when he comes to his senses. 
I'm a teacher and I have the opportunity to teach and I'm going to. And Eliza Jane's like, you're correct and I envy you because you're not afraid to speak up. And Laura goes, my pa taught me that. Okay. Yeah, now Paul's back. But Paul's back. like to be fit, like his whole role in this latest drama is he's just sitting back, like smirking and loving how much Almanza's suffering right now. Yeah, and he's like, I'm just letting this play out. <laughs> totally, he's like, not my drama. But I wonder if part of him's like, Jesus, I didn't need to impose the two year rule. I could have just let this happen. I know he could have just yeah. let this all happen. Mm-hmm. I would have punched him if I were Pa. Oh my! When God. he said he wanted to wait two years, I would have yep. fucking punched him. Yep. All right, at the Wilders, this is really good. Eliza Jane is angrily rocking in a chair or something. I forget what she's doing. And she's like sitting in the dark. And Almanzo comes downstairs and he's like, sis, I have some shirts that need mending. And she's like, fuck no. Laura's right. Fuck you. Mend your own shirt. Amazing. She's like, I'm going to sleepy eye. I need to take the rig. And she's like, Laura's right. You're stubborn. You're foolish. You're well, you missed something in the conversation with her and Laura. Laura talks about how Pa tells her to say how you feel. Tell people how you feel no matter how hard it is. And, and that Liza Jane gets this, like, bug in her head. Yeah. She's now unfiltered, Eliza Jane. Yeah. She, she would not go, <laughs> Eliza. That's a, hard, that's a hard thing to say. Winoka, Li- Winoka Eliza. Eliza Jane. <laughs> she's so, sleepy-eye, see- Eliza Jane. <laughs> So now we see Eliza Jane in Sleepy Eye. She's looking for Harv. She's looking all crazy, rolling into town, like kind of in scoop speed a little bit. A little bit. She spots him and they hug and she tells him right in the middle of the street, I love you. I have since the day I met you. This is difficult, but this is the new me and I'm being honest. And she's like, I know you like Miss Mabel, but. But what, Jen? He interrupts He's her. Getting He's yep. getting married on Sunday. He's getting married on Sunday. And to be fair. Yep. He tried to tell her that first. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. He did, but she shut him up. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's got married on Sunday, and he's moving to St. Louis. Yep. And Eliza Jane takes off, and he yells after her, and I wrote, Michael Landon, come closer. This is diabolical. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you doing this? I know, this is terrible. Because I looked up the real Eliza Jane. I have an index card. <laughs> Did you do it too? Yes. Who was Eliza Jane Wilder? Eliza Jane was born in 1850 to James and Angeline Wilder and was likely named after the wife of their father's brother, Eliza Jane Smith. She became a school teacher in Malone, New York, then taught in Minnesota when the family moved out west, and eventually in Dismet, South Dakota. That's where she taught Laura. That's where the book with her in it's based. Yep. Later, Eliza Jane relocated to Washington, D.C., where she became a government girl working for the Department of the Interior. Look at her. At the age of 42, Eliza Jane married Thomas Jefferson Thayer, a twice-married Spring Valley, Minnesota merchant with six children. Wow. In June of 1894, Walcott, their son, was born. His nickname was Wilder. Oh, okay. In 1899, Thomas died, and his estate was left to Etta, his daughter from a previous marriage. So this is in the days before... This was in the days before, like, the spouse basically gets everything now. Yeah, yeah. This is in the days before that, clearly. Yeah. In 1904, Eliza Jane married Maxwell Gordon, whom she later separated from. Hmm. She died on June 1st, 1930 in Lafayette, Louisiana. Don't know how she ended up there, but that's where she's buried. Oh, okay. So she was, like, She married twice, successful. and she yeah. had a son. Okay. But she didn't have a son like that. Like, to have a kid in your 40s then had to be... A little crazy and risky. Super scary. Okay. So Eliza Jane gets home and she lies to Almanzo and says that Harv asked I w- her to I a almost social. fell off my chair. I was like, what? I'm like, what <laughs> diabolical plan is this now? I thought she was having some kind of breakdown. Oh my God. I could just picture Michael Landon in his swanky basement. I've told you about his basement. It was decorated like Bonanza. He took a lot of Bonanza no, memorabilia what? and had this, this bar is real? in his basement. Yeah. He had a bar in his basement, you can imagine what happened down there. And it had like all this Bonanza stuff in it. And they just hang out there and drink and smoke, you know, whatever. I can imagine him down there like, how much can I fuck with Eliza Jane? Like, I just want well, to. Well, first of all, they wrote her as a spinster, which she never, she wasn't. No. Mm-mm. Well, I, I mean, all teachers part, are with glasses. At this point, she would have been she would have been unmarried, though, at this point, anyway. Yeah. All right, so now Almanzo jumps on his rig and heads over to the Ingalls. It's late, but he needs to talk to Laura. Almanzo, ho- Almanzo hopes she has changed her mind, but she hasn't, and they start fighting again. And I just wrote, this is exhausting and borderline toxic. Yeah, like, Here's, it's so good. First of all, he drives over there and is basically, like, apologized to me. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the fight, Jen. He's like, oh, I see. You just want me to apologize so you'll be happy. Well, I won't knuckle under. Can't do And to her for long credit, she's like, you drove over here, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Like, if you weren't going to apologize, why did you come over here? And then she gives him back the engagement ring. Yeah, Baller. Baller. But Jenny, what prompts her to give him back the ring? She is appalled that he put that ring on credit. Yes. Because we well, all know, you know whose she daughter she is. She gets that from Puff. And she unengages him like a boss. <laughs> yes, yes, she does. 
He literally says, guys, I won't knuckle under. There's going to be more to our marriage than that. She's like, Jesus Christ. Okay. So they have a big fight. It's over. Whatever. You come to my house. If we're in a fight, you better be apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. You better not be here to tell me I have no voice. Yeah. All right. So the next day or a day, Almanzo's at the feed and seed and Pa decides to get involved in this shit. We actually see Pa working. Yeah, well, it's funny because I feel like it's the mill versus the feed and seed showdown. <laughs> like, they're kind of, like, looking well, back and forth. The mill's going to win. The mill's, the mill's going to win a showdown between the mill and the feed and seed? Yes. Don't yes. people literally starve if the feed and seed shuts down? <laughs> the mill can build you shelter. What's good shelter if you're starving? <laughs> Jenny, do you notice Almanzo has now taken over the role of sling and seed? Yeah. Yep. It's a, it's a real job there. I almost did my like... index card. Can, can we discuss like when they're sitting there having lunch? Mm-hmm. I almost did my index card on when did they start putting lettuce on sandwiches? I would have murdered you. I would have shut <laughs> hey, the whole operation my, down. My broccoli index card got some got some comments. People enjoyed my broccoli nope. history nope. of broccoli index card. Nope. Mm-mm. We lost 10 subscribers that day. <laughs> can I just say that Mimi Carey commented on my broccoli index card, the history of broccoli, and quite enjoyed it, I have to say. Carrie, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop, guys, stop encouraging her. <laughs> the history of broccoli really turned some heads. How about the other day, Dad was wainscoting his bathroom? Wainscoting? Told- is that not how you say it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Timmy corrected me. Okay. And, and now to- Timmy's some kind of expert. He's literally a carpenter. (laughs) So I told dad, I'm like, go back and listen to blah, blah, blah episode and listen to Jenny's real boring comments on Wayne Scotting. But the broccoli. He's not listening to anything. He's if he hasn't even made it to the one where I do the history of Wayne Scotting, Scotting, whatever, then he's not listening to the pod. That's true. That's true. He just signed up to give us five dollars a month, whatever. Thanks, Dad. To make it to make it look like he's supporting us. He's like, mm, I just finished paying their student loans off. Maybe I'll give them Patreon. <laughs> he could pay the he could pay the rest of my student loans off if he wants to do that. Anyway, guys, Charles heads over there and he's like, Let's talk about this. And Charles gets out his little handmade sandwich that Carolyn made that is probably delicious. Right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Almanzo, in a real weird move, decides he's going to shit talk Laura. To, to fucking Charles. To and then Charles. Charles. Now Charles and Almanzo are fighting. Now Charles goes, you know what? She's a lot like me. Go fuck yourself. And he's like, that must be hard on Mrs. Ingalls. It <laughs> is. How dare you? How <laughs> dare you make, absu- make assumptions about their marriage? <laughs> you like How to do that all you? the time. You're always talking about their marriage breaking <laughs> yeah, up but this season. I'm me. I'm not family. So, Pa tells him, you're just a big, you're just as big a piece of shit as you think Laura is. So, fuck off. Then he says, Manly goes, let's just talk about something else. And then they just sit in silence and eat their sandwiches. He can't get along with anyone. This dude cannot get along with anyone. Who made Manly sandwich, do you think? Eliza Jane, of course. He didn't do it himself. (sighs) All right. I had a question for you. Did they have sliced bread then? Yes. No. No, you had to cut it with a knife. 
Okay. Because remember, there, I looked this up when I saw this meme going around that sliced bread is is newer, is younger than Betty White. Betty White? Okay. <laughs> I think it was so invented in like the 20s or something. Betty White, R.I.P. All right, Jen, so school's letting out, and Laura tells Eliza Jane she's going to Radnor a week early. And Eliza Jane's like, well, at least you, you know, you'll be here on Sundays every nope. Sunday for church. And Laura's she's like, peacing out. Laura's like, fuck you. I'm staying in Radnor. Yeah. These, by the way, these people do not tell each other to fuck off as much as I make it seem like they do. <laughs> they literally never say that to each other. I think no. everyone has figured that out. No. So <laughs> I am paraphrasing clearly. All right. So she's like. She pretty much says, like, I have to start my life over because your brother broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. She's done. Yep. She's, like, totally done. Then we get a scene of Laura getting on the stagecoach to Radnor, and he's moping He's He's pouting next to the stagecoach. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you are a grown-ass adult, dude. Jen, do you notice he's, he's standing on the bridge looking over the creek, the same creek that Charles went shirtless for the cattails, remember? The same creek that uh, Nellie almost ended up in her, out of her wheelchair in that creek. Is it the same creek that Edwards wants to dole out creek justice by? It probably is. Why do I remember a scene where Charles had to get into the creek and sneak under the bridge because, like, the town was taken over yes. by maniacs? What yes. episode was that? Yes. That was, let me think. They came, oh, Okay, so that was one of Garvey's first episodes. Yeah. Because remember Garvey he diverted yep. everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Charles going in that creek. Why was the town taken oh, over by people? <laughs> is our memory that short? I guess. No, wait. This is going to bother me. We have to think about oh, this. God, why? Why did I bring it up? Town... Oh, oh, it was the the brothers, wasn't it? Oh, when they captured the blind house school? No, they were out at that other house that became the blind school. Yeah. Was it that episode? Was it those brothers? They captured Mary. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe. It was the the James no, gang? the James gang. The James yeah. gang. Okay. Guys, we're probably wrong. We're probably <laughs> so wrong. Feel free, yeah. free to correct us. Um, just Gen X pro tip. Gen X, this is why pro tip. Feel free to correct anything you hear on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we don't fact check a lot of our nope. own stuff. Nope. We're lazy. Right. So now Liza Jane is writing in her journal about her fake love. And I just In wrote, the woods. She goes into the woods to write in her diary on Saturdays now. I just write, boy, if somebody gets a hold of this diary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> They're telling can you please ghostwrite Jane, Eliza Jane's diary? I almost did that. And then I realized I can't get a sense of her enough to make fun of her yet. Okay. All right. I, I just can't. It's it, like it's going to come off mean because I'll just make it real desperate. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to come off me. So Eliza Jane writes about her love for Almanzo and how it wasn't really good for all involved. If only she could do something. Like she talked, basically, guys, they're enmeshed, right? Like to use a therapy term, they're enmeshed. So she's like, I need to do something. I need a new start, but I need to also help Manly. She realizes what she has to do. Yes. So now we see her driving scoop speed home. She runs in and she tells Almanzo, but she can't find him. So then she sees him moping across a field. She runs up to him and tells him, she and Harvard get married in St. Louis, Jen. I'm like, she's having a psychotic psychotic episode. But then I realize she's like sacrificing herself. Of course herself. she is. Of course she yeah, is. Of course. For this man child. Mm-hmm. So she says, now you can have the house and Walnut Grove will need a new teacher. And Laura can teach and you can have the house. And I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I thought Laura couldn't teach. 
This is so a change. I guess, so I guess his pride is fine taking the free house and let Lauren teach in Walnut Grove, but if she wants to teach out of town, that's the problem. And he has, I don't know, I'm mm-hmm, confused. Because he can't bang her. So she's like, go after Laura and tell her. He hitches up that buckboard and he heads out. I just don't understand. Like, where is she just independently wealthy? Like, where is she going to go? Well, she's a teacher, so she has a valuable skill at that time. Yeah, but, like, does she just have a bank account full of money? She's just going to go buy another house and, like, move to another town? Maybe she could go to Whisper Country where they'll put you up. As somebody who's moved to another state, it's not fucking easy. Yeah, but you moved to New York City. I know, that was... Like, it worked out, but it was a really bad decision at the time. You just needed endless (laughs) money supply. Okay. So, on the stagecoach, there's a couple making out across from Laura. Of course. We see Manly pull up to the coach. He is no paw at stopping I mean, these coaches. Does does the stagecoach think they're being hijacked? Like I would shoot the shoot. Probably. Him. What if, what if the stagecoach guy shot him? <laughs> oh God, <this laughs> guys, I was just listening to Hey Laura <laughs> <laughs> Hey Laura, it's me, Matt. <laughs> Jenny, um I was listening to He drops our... like a sack of potatoes off that horse. I was listening to our episode with the, the infamous ultimatum. And I made a comment about Carrie's body floating down the creek. I know. I'm like, holy shit. What the hell? Oof. That was dark. Um, <laughs> now, a couple things. You're going to use, you're going to, like, try to catch up to the stagecoach. Why wouldn't you just use one horse? I know. I was wondering that. Oh, maybe because he plans on bringing her back. Okay, fine. So, okay. No, see, so, that's a big assumption on It his really part. is. It really is. So he gets the guy to pull over and he tells Laura she can teach, they can live at the house, and he proposes again. She's super confused. Yeah. Because suddenly she can teach? And he's like, well, it was the distance that was the problem. Okay. So he lied about that. That's revisionist history. Can we discuss the most disturbing thing in this whole episode? What? She leaves her bag on the stagecoach. She leaves her bag on the stagecoach. Now, and guys, he, she she is moving. She's moving indefinitely. So you know she has all her nice handmade teaching clothes and, and dresses. This, and this is a guy who can't afford shit right now. And these those are expensive clothes. And or and or she and Carolyn made them. How? Why the get the bag off the fucking stagecoach? Not to that mention, enraged me. Not to mention what's in there. Maybe her, me. maybe her Invisalign's in there. Her birth maybe, control pills. Maybe I her mean, diary's in there. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, guys. I maybe know, her remembrance book is in there. I know her birth control is not in there. I was just joking. Oh, Aim, <laughs> did you think that there was birth control in 1880? No, no. Okay, so now he wants to go tell her parents right away, yep. and they're in Sleepy Eye for Mary's anniversary. Question. Yes. Why do we have to go celebrate Mary and Adam's anniversary? Because they've had a couple rough years, and maybe they just want to throw them a party? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they had, like, dad, kids dying, things burning mom, down. Mom and dad could give a fuck about my anniversary. <laughs> I think it's weird when other people celebrate your anniversary. Unless it it's, like, be. a 50th or something like that. Now, I will say this. Timmy's parents give us a card on our anniversary, and so does mom. Dad doesn't do shit, doesn't acknowledge it. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yep. Um, okay, so don't even get me started because you know what I mean, I don't go. do anything. I ignore it. Yeah, that's fine. 
All right, guys. At the blind school, everyone's talking about the wedding. And I realize Laura and Manly are already there. So everybody's sitting down. Yep. Adam tells Almanzo, you better make it as soon as possible this wedding date because you don't want her to get away. Because that's going to happen, apparently. (laughs) They're going to get into another fight, like, in two days. Now I'm going to literally write what... I'm going to literally read what I have written here. Okay. Almanzo says, what about today? We will get a preacher. Oh, God. Adam says we'll have the same anniversary, so we won't forget it. No, 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 no. Laura and Almanzo are the greatest love story of our time. They don't deserve this. What the fuck is happening? I thought Mom and Pa were the greatest love story of our time. Well, I mean, Mm. everyone knows. They are. But everyone knows Laura and Almanzo Wilder. Come on. Uh, Okay. They're going to get married by some dollar store, dime store preacher in the blind school. Which, in retrospect, wasn't as smooth as we thought it was. Yeah, but Jenny, like... Did this happen in real life? This is where I needed your index card. How much did, in, how much indexing am I going to do in one fucking episode? Like, did they have a wedding? Did they... Pause. Okay, guys, we're having a hard time finding this. But I do have here that... Um, and this in is six, In two a, minutes. This has, this is according to PBS's um, American Masters. Laura's charming courtship with Almanza Wilder culminated in a wedding ceremony in which Laura refused to say the word obey because she didn't want to make a promise she couldn't keep. Good for her. Good for her. I'm going to say that this was, maybe they had a small wedding, but this wasn't accurate because don't forget, Mary never married wasn't. Right. Like this. But my point is, as a writer, right, you have this love story that you are writing, like, say it's um, historical fiction. You're writing Mm -hmm. the love story of Laura and Almanzo. This, this is the culmination of that? This is the climax of that? A a, a quick wedding ceremony in a blind school? To be fair, don't forget we're looking at this with 21st century eyes. I don't like, care. You want to weddings do like a were Luke not, and Laura wedding. Weddings or, were not a big deal, though. Like, weddings were not that big a deal like they it, were in the later 20th But it century. could have been a little bigger deal. A little bigger deal. I don't think they were a big deal, though. Like, okay. we, they became they a big deal later. Like, now they're like a fucking royal event for everyone. Okay. So, Laura and Almanzo, they don't deserve this. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Maybe he does. Yeah. She doesn't. So now Charles and Hester Sue head out. They have to find this dime store preacher, and they run into Harv Miller. And I just wrote, oh, dun, dun, dun. snap. Because, <laughs> guys, Eliza Jane is with them. Well, Eliza Jane thinks he's already gone to Minnesota because he got married a week ago. But I guess right. he's lingering around because yep. he's got business to take care of. So they approach him, and Charles is all like, oh, hey, Harv, Eliza Jane is with us. Why don't we do a double ceremony? And Harv is like... Are you are you having like a stroke? Like what's happening here? Harv's like, not only am I confused, but I'm already married <laughs> to somebody else. <laughs> so they find this preacher. They get the preacher back to the blind school. Like we don't see Charles walk Laura down the aisle. No. Mary's wedding had a bigger. I mean, yeah, clearly. So stupid. Eliza Jane. So Charles gets back there and he corners Eliza Jane. He He's knows like, what's up. Yo, what's going on? He, but he has an idea of what's happening. What has happened? She tells him she needs to start over. She needs a change. And this was a chance for her to do something for Manly. 
And he wouldn't let her go off and be alone, even if that's what she wanted. So she asked Charles to keep the secret, and we can assume that he did. Now we see Laura and Almanza Wilder, the classic lovers, getting married by a broke-down preacher in a blind school wearing regular clothes. I just have, who is this joker where's Rev, and why is Laura wearing lettuce in her hair? Did you catch this? It's bad. It's lettuce. Good point, Jenny. She's not even married by Reverend Alden. No, I know. This is. I feel like Rev has been, like, dialing it in lately. (laughs) I'm real (laughs) angry about this wedding, guys. Please post in the Mimi Bees if you're agreeing with me on this. I am team justice for the Wilders. They need a bit better wedding. I have to say, though, I feel like Pa would really respect what what Eliza Jane is doing. Yes. This is right up his alley. Yep. Yeah. The, the private sacrifice? Of yeah. course. So now we have a freeze screen on Almanzo and Laura kissing, and we have not a Laura Ingalls Wilder voiceover, which would have been appropriate, but Eliza Jane and her dear diary. Dear diary, my brother was married today. I've never been happier in my life. Okay. Okay. What Whatever. a sister. It's always just, the older sister that has to make the sacrifice. I'm just done with this whole thing. Done with it. It's just another silent sacrifice that the older sibling is making Whatever. to help the younger sibling. Whatever. That they'll never get credit for. Whatever. Jenny, whose fault is this? This is Almanzo's fault. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm Because if he Laura didn't fuck here. everything up, like if he didn't fail and fuck everything up and act like an asshole, they would have just stayed on their original plan. Yeah. And if he didn't just be like, okay, go to Radnor and work for a year, and I'll stay here and we'll build up some money and we'll get something. They wouldn't have been in this situation. Yeah. Or I don't understand what the problem would have been with living with Eliza Jane. I don't know. Like, she probably cooks. That would have been helpful. Yeah. I think Laura would have quite enjoyed that. Yeah, sure. Okay, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, we look back on a theme or a lesson, something we took from the rewatch or the original viewing. We think about or talk about how it resonated with us through our lives and how, you know, it fucked us up for sure. We called our why. It's designed to finish the statement. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? This is why the sacrifices of an older sibling <laughs> are never over. I mean, Manly is violin for you. Manly is a grown ass adult getting married, and Eliza Jane still has to like save him. Jen, I'm playing my violin for you. You know, violin mm-hmm. that I tested into in third grade, and you failed. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> violin. Congratulations! How's that working for you? It's the one test I passed that Jenny failed. <laughs> I have to still hold it against her. <laughs> Um, Jenny, I have, this is why words matter, people. You cannot blame Eliza Jane for believing that Harv was in love with her. No, he was talking, you can't. Like, look it. He was acting that way words the whole matter, time. Words matter, and you have to be careful with how you treat people and talk to people. Come on. Come on. He was coming over for dinner all the time, and in those days, that's what that meant. Like, 100%. You would, like, a guy, women and men would not just be hanging out with each other as friends if you were both single. That would mm-hmm. not have happened. Mm-hmm. No way. Yep. No way. It so was her thinking that that's the road that's going on makes complete sense. A hundred percent. Like okay. now, no. But then that would have been unheard of for just single people to hang out with no intention of, of courting or getting married. 
Yeah, and when he was talking about this Miss Mabel, did he never say that he had feelings for her? I guess he was trash-talking her. Right. Words matter, Harv Miller. <laughs> Words matter? James Cromwell. May- is it Harv's fault, maybe? No, maybe. it's Almanzo's fault. Maybe. All right, Jenny, so why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? Coming up next is Season 7, Episode 3, A New Beginning. The the lengthy, elaborate description on LittleHouseOnThePrairie.com is Jonathan and Andy Garvey moved to Sleepy Eye in a quest to rebuild their lives. Oh. Are we doing that? <laughs> I have to say, though, in the fun fact, it says right before Andrew gets assaulted, you hear him whistling, Oh, Susanna. Wait, Andrew's going to get assaulted? <laughs> I guess. Wow. Spoiler. Okay. Spoiler alert. Okay. Is it still so a spoiler we, alert when the show's four years old? So if we weren't going to do it, we're doing it now. All right, guys. So thanks so much for listening. Again, we always appreciate the reviews. We got another one the other day. We're very grateful. All your five-star reviews help us find more listeners, so we really appreciate that. And don't forget, if you're not in the Mimi Bees, get in there so that you can win the Trust No One Tumblr, which is really important. It's an important message to get out there, I think. Trust No One. Well, and it's important to be part of this Tumblr culture. Yes. Yes. All right. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.